Welcome to the 6 Minute Abs podcast. My name is Abby, aka 6 Minute Abs, and I will be your host along this fitness and wellness journey. Join me as I share the ups and downs of my personal wellness ride and shed light on some exciting, adventurous, and at times outrageous health topics. The show does not intend to offer any medical advice. I only aim to provide entertainment and to inform. You should always consult a registered doctor before beginning any treatment or on any topic that concerns your physical and mental health and well-being. Furthermore, you will not achieve a full set of abs in six minutes. Believe me, I've tried. Hey everybody, it's me, Six Minute Abs, and it's great to be back this week. This week, I've got a really, really interesting guest with me. His name is Gary Townsend, and he runs Townsend's Adventure Lifestyle. Is that correct? That's correct. Radness. Gary, can you say hi to everybody? Hi, everyone. Uh, it's uh, good to be here and good to have a chat with you all. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to the next uh, half hour or so. Radness. Thanks, guys. Okay, so can you tell me a little bit more about your company? Okay, Abby, we have been, for the last 15 years, we've been doing various types of school camps, expeditions, and corporate team builders. It has evolved over the years, like any business should or would, over such a long time. And initially, we started out, we used to just do basic school camps for grades, where grade camps, we still host those sort of grade camps where they come out for three, four days. We're based in one campsite. We do various activities with the kids and they sort of go home after three, four days. Um, that has evolved somewhat into something which we now call, it's almost like a journey concept. Uh, this concept's more of an expedition style trip that we do. So the expeditions are anything from five days through to 23 days long. And the kids hike, mountain bike, paddle, camp, uh, they do various things called solos where they spend time on their own and we basically take them through various things or activities you could say that uh, teach them more about themselves and they go home as a more holistic person hopefully we also do um, corporate team builds but not your common normal corporate team build where they just do basic activities they normally over a couple of days long they programs involved all these types of adventure activities like orienteering, mountain biking, uh, a little bit of hiking, um, rafting and paddling and that and it's actual more activities than playing games which you do a lot of the time in corporate team builds that we do and then we also touch on the President's Award and we do expeditions for people that are linked to the President's Award as well. Okay that's awesome. So um, with regards to the team building for businesses, I can imagine it is, it's a really, not stressful, but it's a kind of high intensity environment to be in as a team. So do you think it actually adds more to the table in terms of a business team coming together? Abby, I'm battling to hear the question. I think I've got the gist of it. I'm going to answer it. Uh, if you hear anything else that's offbeat, totally let me know. Okay, I shall do. <laughs> okay. So yes. Our corporate team builds are a little different to what your normal one is if you should go to any resort or something and request team building where they normally take you on a few activities. You'd go out for two, three hours and you would play a few games and then leave. What I tend to do is I'll sit with 
whoever's running the company or organizing the team build, and I'll ask them specifically what they want to achieve out of their team build. And then from that, we try and make or put together a program that's very specific towards their needs. But often the best way of getting to these things is by taking those employees or those that staff of that company and putting them out of their comfort zone a bit. So in order to do that, you actually got to extend them a little bit physically. And um, when you extend them physically, it seems to really, really work well. And they start to understand each other better and they have to rely on each other to be able to get through the activities that we organize and do with them. Okay, that's amazing. So with regards to, I was looking on your Facebook page and I saw that you also offer things like personal hikes. So could you tell me a little bit more about those and do they also focus on educating the general public and building a certain skill set through those experiences? Abby, what we try and do is with any person that approaches us, any type of client, whether it be a corporate, an individual wanting to go hiking or school, is we customize the trip according to their needs. So what we'll do is we'll just chat them first, ask them a few questions. What do they want to achieve out of it? What do they feel they could really, really benefit from? And we customize the whole trip from there. So there's many different venues we use and many different types of hikes, and they all require different types or different, uh, they are different difficulty levels, if you could say that. So some are more strenuous than others. Some are more open to the general public than others. And what we do is then sit with that person and say, okay, if we do this, for example, it'll help you achieve these goals, this and those goals. But a lot of people that just want to go hiking, they just want to go hiking. And yeah. if they just want to see a different part of the world, we can also just take them and see a different part of the world. You don't have to have a goal that's so intensively orientated at a certain outcome. Are you tired of looking like a frump when heading off to the gym? Are you stopping traffic with your outfit on your morning jog for all the wrong reasons? If you, like me, are tired of recycling your old promo t-shirts as gym wear, you need to take a look at Athleisure HQ range. These guys stock everything your gym bunny heart could want or desire. From fantastic leggings, which literally feel like a second skin, and trust me, they really, really do, to amazing gym wear for him, you can find it all here. For all you South Africans out there, isn't it great to know that these products are locally manufactured in Cape Town? But if you're an overseas listener, don't stress, they can organize international shipping just for you. All the designs at Athleisure HQ are nature-inspired, leaving you feeling absolutely zen in your gear. I just picked up the Blossom Cropsy set, and my gosh, is it stunning. None of the garments have exposed elastic, which would leave your skin feeling irritated. In the same right, you won't have to worry about any irritating labels. All the usual label info is incorporated in the fabric. Furthermore, you can wash, wear, and live in your garments without ever having to worry about them. You don't have to worry about them fading, and you don't have to worry about them becoming washed out and dull. Go on, spoil yourself with these amazing products and get 10% off while doing so. Yep, you heard right. I managed to rustle up a code for all of my listeners to help you get the gear that's perfect for you. When you check out, use my code 
Abby dash A nine F five KQ six G. That's A B I dash A nine F five KQ six G. Once that's in, you basically all set. So now go on, get go, go spoil yourself and look amazing in the process. Um, you spoke about the President's Award. So I remember we had that when I was at school. Um, so could you tell me a little bit more about that concept and what the goal is for the students who participate in it? The President's Award is a, it's a young person's program. It's linked with the Duke of Edinburgh Award internationally. So it's actually the same award with the same criteria. And in South Africa, we've called it the President's Award. It's for young people between the ages of 14 and 25. And there are three different levels that you participate when you're doing the President's Award. And those are bronze, silver, and gold. And you start at bronze and you make your way up. It takes about a year to complete the bronze, about a year to complete silver, and about probably a year and a half to two years to complete your gold. And there's four different aspects or angles within the President's Award. So the one is community service. You have to do X amount of community service to qualify for that level that you're doing. You'd have to do so many hours. The other is you've got to learn a new skill. And when you're learning a new skill, it could be anything from learning a language to learning how to play an instrument. Uh, and many different things are considered learning a skill. Uh, there is a physical activity or sport element to it as well. And you've got to do so many hours of sport or learning a sport or being coached or so on that you then have to think. And the part that we fit into is called the adventurous journey. So on each of the bronze, silver and gold levels, you have to do an adventurous journey. Um, and then we facilitate adventurous journeys for Presence Award participants. So we'll have a bronze hike, for example, which is normally a two night and three day hike. And we have to complete X amount of kilometers over X amount of time during a day. And there's certain criteria we have to have in that hike. And then obviously the silver is a bit more intense. And then the gold is actually a week long trip, uh, which is normally quite a physical, physically challenging uh, hike and requires a bit more skills that you would have developed while doing bronze and silver. Okay. That's a nice summary of the President's Award. I love it. Um, how have you found the outdoors to be the perfect learning place? So what specifically about nature has inspired you or did inspire you 15 years ago to start Townsend's Adventure Lifestyles? Um, I've always been one that's enjoyed the outdoors, even as a, as a kid growing up camping and moving around. And, but never occurred to me as a career choice or an option for running a business or anything like that. And then in the late 90s, I started uh, participating in a sport called adventure racing. And adventure racing is a team sport where you have four people together and you hike, mountain bike, paddle, navigate over long distances through the mountains. And through those times and adventure racing in those years, everything was about just being outdoors constantly, whether I was training, whether I was actually doing an event, whether I was going on holiday, it always involved being outdoors and participating in these activities. And I quickly came to learn after a couple of years that 
that is where my true passion is. And being in nature and outdoors always, it was like a freedom. And not only was it a freedom, but the people I shared it with, the people I had the best relationships with, they were my closest friends. Um, they still are my closest friends today, even from those late 90s, early 2000s, when we've been doing those sports together. And that adventure racing has taught us not only to love the outdoors, but it's also taught us how to work with each other, how to negotiate certain problems, how to solve problems, how to solve conflict and things like that. And those sort of things that I learned in that time and learned in the outdoors, I now take into all my programs too, especially with the school kids. And we're teaching them a lot about personal growth and we're teaching them a lot about conflict management and we're teaching them what life is truly like if we throw away all those extra distractions we have on a day-to-day -day basis all the time. So by throwing those things away and focusing on what we're truly, truly exposed to in nature, being ourselves and the, the environment around us, we managed to teach the kids a fair deal about themselves, I feel. Okay, that's awesome. That's a brilliant little segue into my next question for you. Um, and that is, how exactly do you marry the concept of outdoor adventure and learning? So is it like a, um, a structured classroom aspect or do you kind of set up uh, tasks and you send the teams into their different little tasks? But how do you marry the concept of outdoor and learning? Abby, what we've done is, once again, when customizing it, I always try and assess what the experience has been of those people in the past. And the outdoors and learning have one other aspect that is very, very crucial to the learning process and risk. And most of the outdoor activities we do involve a certain amount of risk. And it's through the risk that the learning takes place. Um, and I really, really try and focus on, we, we, we try not to be risk averse, but obviously we try and we're very aware of the risk and we manage the risk very, very well, not only legally, but from an experiential point of view where we've all experienced these many different activities before, whether it be abseiling, jumping off a cliff into a pool, um, whether it be hiking through the night and things like that. We've experienced these in such a way and we've been trained in such a way to know what is a risk in our terms and what is a risk for the clients that are participating. And you've got to have that challenge and that balance of the risk and the outdoors to actually extend people out of their comfort zones. And once they start being extended out of their comfort zones, they start learning. And that is a very, very important part of it. The actual nature part is also a very important part that most people don't ever get exposed to their natural environment or what's out there and they learn so much more by just we do a thing called a solo in a lot of our trips and a solo is where you spend anything from 10 to 30 hours on your own in a spot in a five by five meter area in the bush with nothing else around you and what the people observe and what the kids observe in that time and the things they hear, smell, feel, touch, are things that, that created memories for them for years and years to come. And certain students that have been on a solo, for example, for 10 years ago when they did their big journey or expedition still talk about those experiences today. And it's quite exciting to see how nature and the risk that we've 
calculated have changed their lives in such a way that it's really, really influential. Yeah. No, honestly, I feel like I would lose my mind in a solo. (laughs) (laughs) I would be terrified. I would be like, what am I doing? (laughs) Well, you'd be conquering your fear and you'd definitely be out of your comfort zone. That's for sure. That, That is for damn sure. Yes. My goodness. So, Gary, can you tell me, like, from what I'm hearing, this is quite a physical um, experience that people go on. Do they need a certain level of physical health? Um, Abby, again, if it's an adult group, I tend to look at who the people are in the group, and then I decide what their fitness levels are, and we customize it according to those people's fitness levels. Uh, I've got one corporate client, for example, who... We have 80 of them that go on a trip every second year, and it's quite an intensive trip. Um, And what we do is I try and assess how capable the weaker people are and set up the the courses and the various activities around that. When it comes to the students, over the years, I've learned what different students from different backgrounds are, are capable of, and it does differ depending on the backgrounds they come from. And all depends on the culture within their school where they are and things they're exposed to. So I try and take all that into account. And yes, it's going to be challenging, but it is doable for their ability. And I make, I'm very, very, very conscious of making it doable for their ability because it's no use sending people on something that they physically have no chance of completing because it's just not going to build their spirit and build their confidence. So, yes, we do think of it. And inevitably, there will be students, for example, on school trips that aren't physically challenged. And they cruise through it because they've got other students in their groups that will be physically challenged. And they happen to be stronger. But then they learn a lot more in other areas in learning how to work with those students that are weaker. And they learn to work together and form great friendships and bonds from that. Okay. Yeah, that's amazing. I remember adventure camp, well, not adventure camp, but any leadership camp in school really forced you to come together with your team. (laughs) (laughs) No, it does indeed, eh? if done correctly. (laughs) Yes, if done correctly. So with regards to team, um, how do you facilitate such huge groups of people? Like you mentioned, there were 80-odd in the last group in the um, corporate that you do every second year. So do you have a team? Are you guys assigned like, okay, this person gets 20 people to, air quote, look after? Or <laughs> for how do you handle such a huge group of people? Okay, so it is done like that. I always divide the, the big group up into smaller groups. It's the only way to manage it. And then I manage the whole, whether it be expedition, team build, whatever it is myself. So from an outside point of view, I handle that. Then we have uh, facilitators or adventure guides itself. So most of my guys are all qualified in a certain aspects of the adventure world. So they're either mountain guides, they're abseil guides, they're river guides, and they've got qualifications in these areas. And they then work with that specific group. So a group is never more than 15 to 20 people. And then that group will then be assigned to a adventure guide. And normally they'll have one other person that supervises with them. So you're normally looking at a ratio of people facilitating or guiding of about one to 10 to one to 15. Um, 
We also then have another whole medical team of, of uh, medics and uh, equipment and off-road ambulance and all sorts of things that travel around with us. And they take care of all the medical side of things, whether it be bruises, cuts, or more serious medical emergencies that need to be taken care of. Okay, that's brilliant. So you do have on-site on medical attention if needs be. Correct. And yeah, the guides are people that are used to working in these scenarios. So they're freelance guides. They work for myself. Uh, most of my guides work mainly for me, but they do work for other companies as well. Um, and they have gained experiences in different areas. So you'll find a lot of the companies that uh, what they tend to do is they just get students to fill the gap and take and facilitate people. Whereas I see it very differently. My guides are all people with a bit of life experience and they've been around the block. I've got guides that have given up engineering to do this. Um, you've got people from various IT backgrounds. Uh, they're all people that have left the corporate world have now basically qualified themselves as adventure guides and are now guiding and working with me with these various groups. Okay, that's brilliant. So, yes. Do you guys run tours across the whole of South Africa? Because we've got a really big, beautiful country. So do you run all across South Africa or are you just in a specific area? Um, if there's a project big enough anywhere in South Africa, we'd probably undertake something with it. But we focus on, we've got one good client down in the Free State. So we work in the Free State. We work in Kauteng, Mpumalanga, Limpopo and the Northwest. So those are our focused provinces that we do work in. Um, we use some of the more commercially known hiking areas and trails, but a lot of our trips are actually totally customized and they hiking trails and uh, routes that we have specifically put together for our groups. Um, so they're quite unique in that way. Okay, that's awesome. So earlier you spoke a little bit about risks that might come into play with these kind of things. I know this isn't something that anyone wants to focus on, but what should people know before booking a tour with you? Oh, that's a very good question, Abby. And I think it's been highlighted in the media as well as various news broadcasts, especially in the last year. And most people don't have any idea what to look for. And you'll find there are certain questions you should ask any operator before they start. And the first thing is, are they qualified legally to actually uh, facilitate or take groups doing the activity they're doing? So you'll find that you, each guide should actually have a what you call a guide card and they're a registered tourist guide. But not only are they a registered tourist guide, they're actually a registered guide that specializes in a certain area. So you'd specialize in either hiking, uh, rock climbing, abseiling, uh, kayaking or river work and so on and so on. There's many different areas. But it's very important to ask the questions, are the guys facilitating the activities qualified in those areas to facilitate them? And you'll find that there's a high percentage of companies that don't have qualified guides and creates a lot of problems and talking areas. Uh, another area to look at too is you should also ask the operator whether they have any public liability. And if they've got proper public liability cover, they generally have to have the right qualifications in order to have that liability cover. So it's another way of looking at it and checking and ticking that box. 
Um, I wish I could tell you there are other ways to check it and uh, use databases and things like that to check up on uh, certain operators. But I think looking at their history and asking for their qualifications is the only sure way of going about this. Okay. All right. Um, so if people do want to book a tour with you, where can they find you? So tell me like which social media platforms can they find you on? What's your Facebook? What's your Instagram? Do you have a website? Do you have an email address they could contact you on? Okay. So our email address is, well, let's start with the website first because the website's a good place to start. Um, it gives you a good idea of what we're about. It gives you some good background. And the website is adventurelifestyles.co.za. Um, and it's adventure lifestyles with an S on the end. Many people forget the S off. Okay, .co.za. And we've got Facebook. We're on Facebook and Instagram and all the rest of it too. Um, you can also contact us on email. That's a very easy one. It's info at adventurelifestyles.co.za. And you'll find us on all the various, those sort of platforms. And yeah, through the website, I think is the best because there is the most information there. Um, and once you're on the website, we will also send you through to the Facebook page and all the rest of it too. Okay, that's brilliant. So are you operating right now? Are you running tours during COVID or currently, are you be... Unfortunately, currently we are not allowed to operate at the moment. Um, we can take trips, but we are restricted to, there's a law stating at the moment due to the level three lockdown that we may not have groups larger than four people, which makes it very difficult economically to make it viable to take any of those people on trips. So we are hoping by the time level two comes around or actually by next week, they might be changing that because I know there's a few, few uh, restrictions that may be lifted next week or the week after is the talk at the moment. So as soon as those things are, are, are lifted, those restrictions on the group sizes, then we will be in full operation again. Correct. Oh, that's brilliant. Okay. So you heard it here. Um, wait for your turn to have your adventure with Gary. <laughs> but hopefully by next week, when this podcast goes live, um, you will be able to book your tours. Um, like always, if you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on Instagram, which is six underscore minute underscore abs. You can find me on Twitter, which is six minute abs. You can check out my blog, which is six minuteabs.com. Or you can send me a Gmail, which is six minuteabs at gmail.com. But thanks for listening, everybody. And bye. Thanks again. Really enjoyed it.